This is Jerry Prokopovich with Civil War Talk Radio. For most historically literate Americans, the name USS Arizona conjures up images of a battleship sunk at Pearl Harbor on the day of infamy, December 7, 1941. But there was another USS Arizona, a remarkable Civil War era ship that both ran the blockade and enforced it. Today we'll talk with the chairman and project manager of the USS Arizona Civil War Gunboat Foundation, Ronald Christopher, and find out where the Arizona is today on Civil War Talk Radio. Onboard computers to improve fuel efficiency and reduce emissions. Check. Acoustic and optical wayside monitors to enhance safety. Check. Robotic systems to measure track geometry. Check. GPS tracking and tracing systems. Check. Sounds like a rocket or a jet getting ready for takeoff, doesn't it? Actually, it's something just as technologically advanced. A freight train. There's a new world of technology riding the rails that makes today's freight railroads more fuel efficient, safer, and cleaner running than ever. With wireless communications, transponders, and trackside readers that can pinpoint the shipment's location at speeds of up to 80 miles an hour, North America's freight railroads are driving the technology required by today's businesses and consumers. And with everything from apples to computers moving by rail, we wouldn't have it any other way. Chances are, the things you'll use tomorrow are taking the train today. Tomorrow, arriving by train. Sponsored by North America's Freight Railroads. Mission Critical. Two words that describe the data vital to every e-commerce website. If your company needs the services of an unparalleled co-location facility, you need to remember these two words. Castle Access. With Castle Access, your Internet servers will be secure in environmentally controlled data centers that offer high-speed managed Internet access and the highest standards of 24-7 customer support. For more info, visit castleaccess.com. Castle Access. We keep you online all the time. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. My name is Jerry Prokopovich. And my guest today is the chairman and project manager of the USS Arizona Civil War Gunboat Foundation, Ronald Christopher. Good morning. How are you doing? Morning, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. You go by Rob? I, I do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, Rob, tell us uh, first a little bit about yourself. Uh, is this something you uh, you do professionally? Are you a, a full-time gunboat foundation manager? Uh, no, I, I spend well probably I don't know, fifteen twenty hours a week working on this. But actually, I am a, a, an educator. Uh, I work at Air Academy High School in Colorado Springs. Uh, it's actually located at the Air Force Academy, and there I teach advanced placement government, advanced placement history. And so are these students uh, relatives of people in the academy, or, or who, who attends that high school? Yeah, this is it's an interesting situation. It's actually a, a public school, again, located at the academy. And approximately you know, 60% of the, the students there are civilian students, and the other 40 are, are children of, of parents that either work uh, at uh, the Air Force Academy or at uh, Cheyenne Mountain or Fort Fountain Fort Carson area that that uh, that area it's a, quite an eclectic mix interesting do you do you find the the students are interested in the historical subjects you teach actually they are in fact uh, to the point that we've actually taken a few trips down to Louisiana and uh, around the country 
when you found out about this uh, this gunboat, the USS Arizona, how did you find out about it? Well, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm a I'm a former student of Arizona State University, and uh, I just re- had returned from Gettysburg, and uh, I was interested in finding out more about uh, about uh, Chamberlain and and uh, the little round top, and uh, so I went into the uh, Arizona State's library and was looking through the official records of the War of the Rebellion. And I just happened to glance into the index, and I saw in the index Arizona USS. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So I went through the series and discovered that there was a vessel called the USS Arizona that was uh, a gunboat that served down in the Western Gulf Blockade Squadron. From that point, um, I just kind of started out as a hobby. I was I was going through the records, collecting information, and then I talked to uh, one of my professors uh, at ASU, and he said, well, why don't you pursue this a little bit further and see if any history has been written about the vessel? And uh, so I, I took about six months, and I, I looked through all different types of records and libraries and everywhere I could possibly look to see if a history had been written about the vessel and uh, came to the conclusion that it had not. And so at that point, I took it on as as a project, as part of my master's, to to investigate research and, and to study as much as I could about this ship and, and some of the men on board. And uh, it, it just kind of it went from there. And finally, uh, back in 1999, I found the, the record of the Court of Inquiry at the National Archives. Uh, basically, it was the report on the loss of the vessel. And going through that, it's about 67 pages, uh, I, I discovered the approximate location of where the vessel was lost in the Mississippi River. And at that point, uh, I, I started thinking, well, maybe... I should see if this thing can be located. So I got in touch with the, the uh, Louisiana Department of uh, Cultural Resources, and uh, they got me in, uh, hooked up with a gentleman named Alan Saltis, who is a, a wonderful uh, archaeologist there in the state of Louisiana. And Alan and I got together, and, and uh, I gave him some of the information I had. And from that, uh, we uh, got together with a, a company uh, down there in Louisiana that uh, basically does a hydrographic survey. And uh, we took the boat out, used the magnetometers, used the sonar, and went to what I believed was the location uh, where the Arizona would be. And sure enough, uh, 20 minutes into our survey, uh, our proton magnetometer was picking up a reading. And from that point, uh, we, we were getting sonar images of a very large structure down on the west bank of the Mississippi River. And... Uh, from that, we, we were speculating that this very well could be the vessel. Of course, it's you know you can't prove that until you go down, bring something up that you can identify as part of that that uh, era and that particular vessel. But um, we feel pretty confident that it is the ship because it is in the location where um, it should be. Well, let's let's talk about the ship and then go through the story and figure out uh, if we can how it ended up there. The, do you know offhand if the Arizona is the first ship by that name? It, according to everything that I've found in my records, this is the first Arizona. Uh, it was built in Wilmington, Delaware, at the Harlan and Hollingsworth Company, and uh, who at the time specialized quite a bit in railroad cars. Uh, in 1858, they, they kind of converted their plant. They were still building railroad cars, but they were getting more into the steamship industry. And uh, a wealthy gentleman from... Uh, what is now Clinton, Connecticut, uh, named Charles Morgan, um, basically owned 
a company called the Southern Steamship Company, and he used Harlan and Hollingsworth as his basically manufacturer of vessels to build his ships. The Arizona itself happened to be uh, the third major vessel built by Harlan and Hollingsworth in 1858-59. It was uh, it's built as a commercial ship then. Correct. Yes, it was a civilian vessel, steam uh, ocean steamship. It was. Uh, I'll give you a little specifications here. It was yeah. 200 feet long. It was 34 feet wide, and uh, it was a, a side wheel steamer. Uh, the side wheel sat just aft the center. It also was rigged with a barkentine rig, uh, so it could go under, under wind or steam. Uh, it, for, for land lubbers, uh, what, what does the barkentine rig look like? Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's kind of a an askew uh, rectangle of a sort. Um, so the sail runs fore and aft. It, it's not uh, not not a square sail. Right. Correct. Yes. Yes. It runs okay. fore and aft. Yes. Thank you. So, so you've got a so you got a ship with a with sails, but it's basically steam powered. Correct. Yeah, it had a, had four furnaces and a one boiler, and, and the reason I bring that up is that's relevant to the ship's demise uh, as we as we move through this history. Okay. So, anyways, it uh, it ended up um, steaming down to to uh, New Orleans, where it would serve uh, as part of the the uh, Southern Steamship Company for for Charles Morgan. Now, at the time, Charles Morgan at that time was living in New York City, and uh, his uh, son-in-law, Israel Harris, would uh, basically manage the company from New Orleans. And uh, for a time, the Arizona, uh, from basically 1859 to 1860, late 1861, uh, the vessel predominantly went to Brazos, Texas, Indianola, uh, down to Havana. It actually steamed a few times to England, Arizona originally? It, it was, yes, it was, which uh, I found quite interesting. And I haven't gone into great detail with, with Charles Morgan's history, but I do know that Morgan uh, was ambitious in, in the railroad industry as well. And uh, the only speculation I can give you is that uh, he named it the Arizona as possibly a goal to obtain <laughs> uh, as part of, of um his railroad industry of getting out to Arizona. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyways, one of the interesting things that I found when we move into the Civil War era is that uh, in the records, and especially in the uh, the manifest records from the ship that are, are located at the National Archives, uh, just prior to the outbreak of of the war, we're talking about uh, in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, handwritten. On the on the coasting manifests, you will see Confederate States of America again, which I found interesting. That again, secession hadn't quite occurred throughout the nation or in the southern portion, and that um, and that it was actually handwritten. So I, I again, I'm not sure what the uh, connection is there yet, except again, um, motivated individuals that uh, that foresaw what was coming. Uh, so what will eventually happen is that. Um, Jedediah Benjamin, the uh, Confederate uh, secretary, would actually order uh, the confiscation of all of Charles Morgan's vessels down at the Southern Steamship Company in New Orleans and and basically impress them into service as either river defense or blockade-running vessels. 
and the Arizona would become uh, in October of 1862 would be become a, a blockade runner, renamed the Caroline, and from that time, the Arizona predominantly served or the Caroline at that time, sorry, served uh, running the blockade from uh, either Mobile or New Orleans uh, to Havana. And um, almost every record that I've found, the Arizona is running back and forth from Havana and bringing, bringing saltpeter and, and cotton and all kinds of contraband type of material uh, through the blockade and did successfully run the blockade a, a number of times. Now, let me ask, uh, first of all, my older daughter's name is Caroline, so I'm very sentimentally <laughs> attached to the ship already. Uh-huh. <laughs> did did the Confederate sailors modify it in any way to run the blockade? Did they? Do you know anything? If they, they changed the color or removed the sails or did anything? Well, they did um, actually give it a provisional registry, a British provisional registry, um, that uh, we know, those of us that know about the blockade and, and international law and trade, that uh, a British vessel could, I, I, I don't want to say safely, sail through the blockade, but uh, made it a little bit easier. But uh, that's all that I have that it, that it did do. Um, the vessel itself was, was considered uh, very fast. Now, it was not an iron-hauled vessel, or excuse me, it was not a wood-hauled vessel, it was an iron-hauled vessel, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was a, quite a sturdy ship, and, um, and it had a fairly light draft for its time. Uh, the ship itself, while it was in civilian service and Confederate service, weighed uh, approximately 579 tons. Uh, and uh, as I said before, the, the ship was designed for seagoing, and uh, it, all the records show that it, it did it very well. It, it was able to uh, run the blockade smoothly, and uh, and uh, no modifications again that I know of at this time. And the blockade runners were not at this point under the direct control of the Confederate government or the Confederate Navy. These are still civilian ships, are they not? This uh, this actually was a, was a beginning as a contract vessel. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, at, at uh, the time in October, the, the vessel, even though it was registered under British registry, it, it was impressed into service as a blockade runner by the Confederate government. I do have that. So now it is directly under government control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so we've got this blockade runner mm-hmm. built in the north, impressed by the Confederate government mm-hmm. uh, going in and out of Savannah. And, no, Havana. Uh, I'm sorry, Havana. Havana. I'm yep. hearing you. From Havana. Is from New Orleans to Havana? It would go from uh, from New Orleans to Havana or from Mobile in return. Okay, so it's going in the Gulf mm-hmm. back and forth to a, a neutral port where it can bring things in through the blockade. Correct. Yes, this is, again, this is early on. This is, again, October of 1862. So uh, at that point, we have, uh, um, I'm sorry, up into the point of 18, April of 1862. At this time, um, the USS Montgomery that was on patrol in, in, the, in the Gulf uh, actually came across the Caroline, Arizona, and pursued the Arizona for, for six hours and uh, eventually got in range with her, with her guns and fired her, her 30-pound parrot rifle uh, across the uh, Caroline. And uh, eventually, 17 shells were actually fired before the Caroline decided to uh, to stop. At that point, the ship was uh, was uh, boarded by the by the Union, 
And uh, at that point, it was uh, discovered that there was munitions on board, and uh, Commander Charles Hunter of the Montgomery uh, took possession of, of the um, Caroline as a prize of war uh, per the proclamation, uh, Abraham Lincoln's proclamation of the blockade. And uh, at that point, the Arizona was was sent up to uh, Philadelphia as a prize of war, where she was uh, was condemned in a law, uh, excuse me, in a um, in an admiralty court. Uh, the government purchased the U.S. government then purchased the Arizona for eighty four thousand five hundred dollars, and then at that point reinstated her her name uh, back to Arizona. That's it's interesting. When the government condemns and then purchases it, do they purchase it from the original? From Morgan, does he get money back out of this? You know that that is a very good question, and I and I have to apologize because I've never pursued that at this at this time. I've been so entrenched in the the history of the ship itself, I have really neglected looking that up. So, well, that, there's no uh, as historians know, there, one can never research is never done. It's just no. at some point you just start writing or or digging or looking underwater or whatever it is you do because you can never. Get all the answers, but uh, I, it, when you said eighty-four thousand dollars, I wondered who that money would go to. Well, I know that um, at the time that, uh, as a prize of war, um, if I am correct, and, and listeners can correct me at any time, um, the prize money actually was split up amongst the crew of the vessel that uh, that actually captured the ship. That's right. That was a prime incentive for those as right, well right. to, to do their work. So that's the only thing I'm, I'm thinking of, that, that that was the value of the ship at the time, so that's what the prize would be. Yeah. So. And that in today's money would be uh, <laughs> ballpark multiplied by 30 maybe. Uh, that gets us up to a million dollars. Not a bad haul. No, <laughs> not at all. Well, we're going to take a little break now and come back and talk more about the fate of the Arizona, then Caroline, then Arizona, once again on Civil War Talk Radio.